Good morning. How's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. We have a little hum back here, so I'll let you guys figure out which guitar is making that noise. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, well, it's so nice to see everybody. It looks like people are starting to feel better. Thank you, Jesus, coming back to church and getting on the other side of this madness. And um, we've just been praying health and healing over everybody. Amen. We've uh, heard of a few churches that actually closed their doors for a couple weeks uh, just to make sure because staff members and people got sick. And so we just kind of forged ahead through that mess. So we're just so glad we're finally on the other side of it. Amen. Well, I'm going to do a teaching this morning that um, was really put on my heart. I, I can't say the Lord put it on my heart in a sense, but just looking at the world and where we're at today and kind of what's going on literally around the world and in churches and in relationships, God really put on my heart to speak on um, the spirit of strife. You guys are quiet. <laughs> because everybody is on different sides of whatever coin it is. And, of course, one part of it I'm talking political, that it's such a toxic time that we live in. And I am seeing friends and even pastors of separation of relationships because of politics and what we believe and what we don't believe. And as Christ followers, we are to stay focused on the word of God. And we're to stay focused on what we are really called to do, and that is to love one another. And unfortunately, in the world today, there is so much strife and there is so much division and toxicity because people want to just be right in whatever it is. Now, I brought up politics, but I'm not just talking about politics today. Obviously, that's the, the elephant in the room, but I'm also talking about in friendships and in our marriages and between churches, and there is such a spirit that has been released in this world, and it is a spirit of strife and division, and it is a spirit, and you can see it manifesting, and I really want us, especially at Faith Builders, to recognize and be spiritually mature and be able to take the word of God in our life, and we're not going to let differences separate us. That we have to walk in love with one another. If you say it's blue, well, praise God, it's blue. And if you see it red or whatever, we have to love one another. And so I'm going to really walk through scripture today, and I'm asking you to take this into your heart, and maybe it's something that you can share with other people who are so toxic in their emotions right now because people are really emotional right now. And I can honestly tell you, because I love Jesus and I trust his word, I am not toxic in what's going on in the world today. Amen? I do a little bit of research. I check and see what's going on. But it doesn't affect my emotions, my stability. My, I'm not angry. I'm not offended. I see a lot of junk floating around. And I just learn to go right past it because we have to walk in love. So I want to give you some Tips today to recognize this spirit, amen, because we know that we don't fight against flesh and blood. I'm not fighting on which political side of the fence you sit on. We're not fighting about that. We are in the natural, but that's not the real battle, right? I'm not fighting against division in my home or in my marriage or whatever's going on in our life. All of that confusion and separation, I'm not fighting those natural things. We are fighting a spiritual battle, that has actually already been won. The devil's been already defeated, but he does have some authority here in the realm of our emotions and our hearts. And it's time to put the enemy under our feet, amen, and not buy into this emotional realm that the world is going through. Anytime 
the enemy or brings division and separation, there's control. So if the enemy can divide the church, there's control. If the enemy can divide the world, there's control. And I believe because we're seeing this divisive spirit in the world today is because God is about to launch revival in the world. That there is a supernatural move of God that is coming and the devil is just rattling and shaking. It's like he's giving his last best uh, throw and punch that he can in every way that he can in the world today. Only because God is about to establish his kingdom here on earth. And how many are ready for that kingdom? I'm ready to walk in joy. I'm ready to walk in peace. I'm ready to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm ready for people to be saved. Amen. We need to see the establishment of Acts and the local church come back to the kingdom of God. We've been saying for the last year that we don't want to do church as normal. Well, it's not even our choice anymore. God's not going to let us do church as more normal. Everything that's being can be shaken is being shaken right now. And it's uncomfortable. And we don't like it and we don't know what to do in the middle of it. But because we can rely on the word of God, we can mature through it. We can grow in it. But we also need to apply the word of God. Amen. So the spirit of strife, and we are talking about a spirit. And it comes in many ways, in, in ways the church, the nation, marriages, relationships, all of this. What I want you to understand this morning is that the spirit of strife is deadly. It is deadly. It is toxic. And it's all around us. And we have to recognize that spirit. And that spirit comes directly from the enemy. Amen? And he uses hate. He uses division. He uses strife to invade and infiltrate our hearts and our lives. And when strife and division, when that opposition gets in our heart, we see everything through that division. Don't we? We see everything through the way we think different or see different or believe different. And we lose our joy because we can't see what God sees. And it becomes a fog over our mind, a fog over our heart. And we can't really clearly define what God is saying and what God is doing. And we have to tune in to what God is saying in this moment. Amen. The spirit of strife and division provides us an opportunity to take offense. The Bible says in the last days there will be many offenses. Let's not raise our hand, but how many got offended over the last few months? Over, you know, ever since November or whatever it is. We've been offended. And the Bible says that the devil is going to use offense for separation to infiltrate our hearts. Infilt and honestly, the end result is to infiltrate the church of Jesus Christ. Because if he can put us on two different sides of the room, he can win. But we have to fight for unity in this season. Not in what I believe out there, but what I believe in Jesus. I'm going to put behind everything else and I'm going to come together and love you because you love Jesus and I love Jesus. And all we do is want to give Jesus to the community. Amen. And there's peace and there's joy in that. But we have to understand that only God can be the one that is the solution to this division. There's not even anything you can say in a situation, whether it's your marriage or friendships. There's just some things that your words are never going to be heard. Because when there's division and there's a spirit in a situation, there's nothing you can say that's going to change their mind because it's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. If you're trying to fix your marriage by a natural conversation, that's never going to work. Because we're going to hear and filter 
right, a relationship, whatever, what we think and feel. And that's going to cause division. But we have to bring Christ back into the center of it. We have to know he is the answer. We have to recognize it's a spirit, and I better get in the spirit and deal with this thing than continue to handle it in my flesh. Amen? There's so many people who are not even attending the house of the Lord anymore because the church has left the building. Now, that sounds like a really good thing. Well, the church should have never been in the building. We should have always been in the highways and byways, bringing them back to the house of the God, the Lord. But the division spirit said, well, uh, the church has left the building. I'm going to have Bible study in my home. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about leaders who have been in the kingdom serving in pastoral positions who have now taken a stance to be home and I can do my Bible at home and it's comfortable and I can get a word online and and everything's comfortable and it's a spirit of strife. It's a spirit of separation to remove the body from each other. I'm going to ask you this. If the internet was to go away tomorrow... If Facebook was to disappear tomorrow, if YouTube was to go offline tomorrow, where would we be? I can tell you the first place people are going to come when everything shuts down, where are they going to come? The church. They'll be lining up the door. What's going on, Pastor Barb? We got to pray. We don't know what to do. We don't have any word out there. We don't have anything going on. That needs to be our hunger today. If everything's shut down, where am I going to be? I'm going to be lining up at that door, and I'm bringing my neighbors that need the answer, and I'm bringing my family with them that needs the answer. And when that happens, revival will begin to happen in this nation. And I love putting stuff on YouTube. I love stuff that goes on Facebook. And there's people who literally cannot come to the house of the Lord. But there's another part of me that says, shut it all down. All it's it's caused is strife and division. It keeps people in their little caves of comfort. Instead of getting focused on the kingdom of God and revival and a move of God. And I'm excited about this shaking, amen? I'm excited about what God is doing, bringing us together. So what does the enemy want to do? His number one way to win is to cause a division between us. Strife is the enemy of, uh, strife is an enemy we must eliminate, amen? Eliminate from our country, let's get rid of it. Eliminate from our churches, from our friendships, from our marriages. Let's recognize this divisive spirit and get it out. Why? Because it has the potential to cause so much damage. Amen. It can can break the best of friendships up. The most godly connections that God ordained to be together, a different way of thinking and point of view has broke up incredible friendships. That should never have happened. Why? Because that's the enemy's tool. That's what he uses, and we have to recognize that. So let's open up our word this morning to John 10, verse 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 10, verse 7. And I love this. And Jesus said, then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, I want you to see here our commonality as believers, is that Jesus is the doorway. He is the one that we walk into. He's the door that brings peace. He's the door that brings joy. He's the door that brings unity in our life. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 8, all who ever came before me are what? They're thieves and they're robbers. What does the enemy want to do right now? He wants to rob from our life. 
He wants to rob our joy. He wants to rob our peace. He wants to bring confusion and fear and offense. Why? Because that's the enemy's job. But it goes on to say, but the sheep do not hear him. Now, last Sunday, I think I taught last, last Sunday, I taught a message that it was not online, but it is on YouTube. It did not go out live because um, we had some technical difficulties. But I want you to go listen to it because it talked about hearing the voice of God. And as sheep, we hear his voice. And so there's going to be a spirit of division out there. It is. But I'm his sheep, so I don't hear the thief. I don't hear the robber. I'm not going to bow down my emotions and my feelings to what's going on out here. I can remain in joy because I'm standing in the doorway of Jesus. See, if we are standing with Jesus, you can't lose your joy. If you're really standing with Jesus, you can't lose your peace. If you're really standing in the doorway of Jesus and that relationship with him, you're not going to be divided. You can have a different sense of opinion, but you're going to see everything through the way Jesus sees it. And that's what gets us to dwell in unity together when I see what Jesus sees. And he wants us to go through that doorway. Uh, verse 9, he said, I am the door. Again, whenever you're going through something, you've got to go to the door of Jesus. You've got to get through that relationship with him. You've got to get into the word of God and let the word of God be our final authority. Amen. Instead of putting on the goggles of the spirit of division, I'm going to look to what the word of God has to say. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. This is so awesome. He will go in and go out and find pasture. Now, if you look at that, it almost sounds like I can go into Jesus, well, I can go out and do whatever I want. And I can go in and I can go to Jesus and I can go out and do whatever I want. But that's not what the scripture is saying. He says, when you walk through the door of me, you're going to come and go because now you're under my protection. See, Jesus is our covering. He is the one that protects us, that watches over us. So now that I'm his sheep and I'm in relationship with him, I can go into the world, but I'm still protected by Jesus. I can go into a situation that strives and division and overwhelming, overwhelming, but because I'm in the door of Jesus in this relationship, I am protected by what that spirit wants to do to me and my family and my marriage and my church. It's a spirit. Amen? So we have to remember to keep stepping into Jesus because he is the one that protects and saves us, and he gives us freedom. Verse 10 says this, the thief does not come except to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is the spirit that is loosed on earth today. It is a divisive, demonic spirit to steal from us. And if we are walking in division, it is a veil of deception that we cannot receive the blessings of God. It is a demonic spirit loosed here on earth. And it's called the enemy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. It means an overflow. That means I can live this life and I have joy. I can wake up tomorrow no matter what's going on. I'm living the life of abundant that God has called me to walk into. That means I don't have to look to the world or circumstances to think I can be blessed. 
I don't have to look to the world and, and what's going on and who is governing to know that I'm in Christ Jesus and I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I've got the favor of the Lord that surrounds me with the shield. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We live in a kingdom government. We may have an earthly government that we have on earth, but we live as Christ's followers by the government of the authority of Jesus Christ. And he said, let your kingdom come on earth that is already established in heaven. Call the kingdom of heaven down on earth in this season. Call the kingdom of heaven in your marriage, in your businesses, in this church. It's time to let the kingdom of God arise and not the kingdom of this world. Because thank you, Jesus, I am not lived by this world. He said, you shall live abundantly. What does that mean? It's the overflow. It's the fullness. It's the prosperity. I, you know, I've lived long enough to live through some tough seasons. If you were, you know, in 08, the whole world crashed. Everybody was out of jobs. Everybody was out of money. But guess what? The church prospered. The church still grew. People were still getting saved. People were still getting healed. This kind of stuff, God doesn't look at the world and wring his hands and go, what am I going to do? No, God gives us courage and faith in the season of adversity to rise up and be who God's called us to be. Amen? But we got to recognize we're not dealing with earthly things. We're dealing with spiritual things. Strife is vigorous, and it's bitter conflict, and it's discord, and it's antagonizing. It is a tormenting spirit if you allow it to enter your marriage, friendships, the church, or even let the world come into your, your life. Amen? Strife is a demonic issue, and God knows how to deal with it. So what do we have to do? Number one, you have to realize it is a spiritual thing. you got to get that so deep in your heart. Every conflict, every opposition, it is spiritual. Amen? And God knows exactly how to overcome it. And so what do I do while it's a spiritual thing? Because it's hard when you're offended, when you do think differently. We get in these emotions, and the Word of God says that we are to do what? Crucify our flesh. As Christians, our job is not to be right. Our job is not to prove our point. Our job is to crucify our flesh, and that is so hard because <laughs> I have to die to my emotions. I have to die to my feelings. How many has ever wanted to respond so bad on a Facebook post? You're like, Ugh. Actually, it's like this now, you know. And then you just, I don't, kind of feel good typing it out, you know. And then you don't send it. Why? Because I'm going to crucify my flesh. I don't need to be right. I don't need to prove my point. I don't have to try to validate myself. I'm going to let Jesus shine. My posts are going to, Jesus said, if you lift up my name, I will draw all men unto me. He didn't say fight battles. He didn't say try to win. He said, lift up my name. The church, if we fought for Jesus as hard as we fought for our beliefs today, man, we'd be winning the world for Jesus. But have we as Christians, and I'm just asking anybody listening, not just you in this room, have we represented Jesus or what we want to believe in politically? What's our battle? No, it's not about what I believe politically. That doesn't matter. It's, it matters that my neighbor needs Jesus. It matters that my neighbor, who we prayed for, by the way, got healed of cancer, such a miracle. A couple months ago we prayed. That matters. That matters. Amen? And I'm not going to be torn apart by what the world wants me to be distracted with. 
I'm going to be focused in on what Jesus, I'm going to crucify my flesh. Maybe it's in marriage or relationship or whatever it is, but I'm going to recognize the enemy is real. So let's open up to Ephesians 6. Galatians, Ephesians 6. And we're going to read verses uh, 10 through 12. It says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You have been given the power of God in your life. That word power is um, dominion, strength, and manifested power. That means that no matter what comes against you in opposition and resistance and people's opinions and gossiping and division, I have the power of God in me to overcome that. That's not going to bother me. It's not going to affect me. I'm not going to retaliate. Amen. I'm going to step into the power that God gave me as Christ's followers. That means I can crucify my flesh and I can step into who Jesus is and let Jesus shine. And what does he say? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We're living in a season in the world today that Christ followers better put on the armor of Jesus Christ because the enemy is slinging darts. Remember, it's not the people, it's the enemy. He's slinging darts of offense. He's slinging darts of opinion. He is slinging darts against your marriage, making you feel like it's never going to work and things are never going to change. Those are darts of division and they divide you from God. And we got to say, no, I'm going to recognize the enemy, and I'm going to put on the armor of God. I don't have time to go over the armor this morning, but go through Ephesians every day and put them on one by one. Helmet protects the mind. Shield protects the heart. Belt ties the truth, ties everything together. I got my feet shattered uh, with peace. I got the sword of the spirit. I, I got, what else, the shield of faith, right? That's like the quick version of it. But I have every tool necessary given by God to come against everything the world wants to throw at me. Yeah. But we got to put it on. He told them, put it on. Why? Because there's going to be things that's going to come against you. And we better know every piece of this armor so that we can resist the enemy in this time. Amen? Uh, verse, where did I leave off? Okay, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And wouldn't that be nice to remember in the heat of the moment? Because <laughs> our emotions are so escalated. You know, when you're fighting with someone else and you're arguing and things aren't escalated and we just get caught up in it. But if we can remember and walk away and go, wait a minute, my battle is not you right now. My battle is a spirit trying to divide us so that he can separate and conquer. And I'm not going to bow my knee down to it, amen? I'm going to recognize who he is. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm fighting against flesh and, not flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, the devil's defeated, but he still works in this zone that we live in. Amen? Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God. Did I give that one to you? I'm not sure. That's okay. I'll read it. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. God has given everything you need to withstand the enemy. That word able, it says there, you may be able to, means it's combined with power and willingness. 
That's strong right there. I have the power of God in me, but do I have the will to stand up in Christ Jesus? Or does my will want to have a conversation and an argument? Does my flesh want to be fed or does my spirit want to walk in peace? Are you willing, right? Are you willing to humble yourself in this time and step back and let God shine? Amen? And it's an inherent strength. That means I get this ability in the moment to take on who I am in Christ Jesus. Amen? It's good stuff. So number one, we're going to recognize that it is a, a demonic issue. Number two, I'm going to start operating in love. God has called us to walk in love. I'm going to love you anyway. Amen? We're not going to take abuse and all of that, but I'm going to walk in love. And what does 1 Corinthians say? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. We have to choose to love other people even when they want to hurt you. Love other people even if they believe different and they're so belligerent about it. doesn't mean you have to be intimate with them, but you can still walk in love because I'm not going to bow my knee to strife and division. They may want to stay in it, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to let them be with God, and I'm going to walk in peace. Amen? Because strife only brings destruction everywhere it goes. It only brings destruction and separation and hurt and things that God has to go back and heal, right? So we have to be so very careful. So we've got to operate in love. And what does that mean? I have to humble myself. I have to realize this is not all about me right now. And I'm going to humble myself. And allow God to work in the situation. And strife operates in hate. Strife operates in offense. So if I'm allowing love to come back into my life, if I'm allowing the grace of God to come back in my life, now the spirit of the Lord is on me and I can release whatever that is off of me and out of my life. Amen. I have to humble myself, right? It's not about me. It's low importance right now what I think and feel. That's how we have to be as Christ followers. Now, if you come, about, if you come against Jesus and the word, I'm going to come fighting like crazy. You can't touch the word of God. But when it comes to carnal things, what does it matter? At the end of the day, I heard a prophet say the other day, or a pastor, I don't remember who it was. It's been a while. But he said, when everything passes over, people are going to have so much regret by the things that they said to one another. And I'm talking Christians to Christians. They are mean. <laughs> why because I have a sense of being right no the only thing I have a sense of my opinion is the word of God Amen. and I settle with it I start with it and I will finish with it at the end of the day why because I love you enough I love the church of Jesus Christ enough I love the mission to win this city for Jesus more than I need to have my mouth spurt out everything I feel I know it's not the most comfortable message but it's true, right? We're living in this time. And as a pastor, I feel like I would not be a good pastor if I didn't tell you the truth. Amen? As a church, we need to spread this message. If we would all walk as Christ followers, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ followers. Do you know? Okay, I'm not going to go there. We're going to keep going on my message. <laughs> so just think about this. And I don't even know if second service is going to get this. But just think about this. Jesus was always trying to be entrapped to what the law was saying. They were always trying to entrap him to get focused on governmental issues away from the kingdom. So if it happened to Jesus, guess what? It's happening to us today. 
It's so easy to get pulled into governmental issues. And Jesus said, pay to Caesars what Caesars and let's do the kingdom of God. Amen. We got to be about Jesus. Aren't y'all tired of it anyway? Like, I'm so tired of it. Let's just lift up Jesus again and get back to why we're here on earth, to love one another and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Where was I at? I got all distracted. 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's go there quick. That was back a little bit, Quinny, but that's okay. You were listening. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10 says this, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sin. Next verse, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. That means I can bring you in and we can love one another in our differences. There was a day back in the day when you could say, oh, I believe this about Pollux, I believe that. We're like, oh, that's cool. And you moved on. What's different? The devil hates the church. You think this is governmental crap? It isn't. It's coming down to the church. The devil hates the church. So I'm going to be hospital. I'm going to love you anyway, amen? 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. You've been given the gift to love people unconditionally as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We are to be good stewards with the love that God gave us, amen, and give that love away. All right? So let's look at this. In uh, 1 Peter, just have a couple more verses. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Did I give you that one? Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. See, when you're humble about a situation, God will exalt you. God will always cause the humble to win, never the prideful. Pride may shout loud and get a lot of attention at first. Listen, but humility God exalts. And wouldn't you rather be exalted by God than in your moment of glory of your emotions through pride? Yeah. I'd rather take the back seat and let God let me shine because God will make me shine so much better than I could have done myself. And I'd rather have that, amen. Payback by God. That's awesome. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but resist him steadfast in the faith. Amen? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But be vigilant, right? Resist the devil. And what does the Bible say when you resist him? He'll flee. He'll flee. He'll flee. Amen. We need to have a bubble of the glory of God in our life and in our emotions. Amen. Strife separates people and it puts barriers between us and God. And it puts barriers between us and the blessings of God. So sad, isn't it? Proverbs 18, 19. I don't know if I gave it to him, but I want you to listen to this. An offended heart, excuse me, offended friend is harder to win. Is that up there? Offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Once people get offended, division, strife, whatever got them there, it is hard to get them back. Why? Because pride fortifies the heart. 
And we need to say, Lord, I'm going to humble my heart. Show me my way. If I'm wrong, show me. Maybe I just need to walk in love or whatever it is. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. We can come and sit in the same building, in the same worship service, and have gates locked with bars because we are offended with someone across the room. Because I'm arguing over senseless, timeless things instead of being kingdom-minded. Amen? Amen? We have to fight for the faith and for this season. And that's as far as I can go. Maybe we'll catch up on it next week. Maybe not. We'll see. But amen. Amen? We're going to kick strife right out the door. Amen? We're going to get it out of our life, get it out of our hearts. And just choose not to have the conversation. If people want to argue with you, say, I'm sorry. I just don't want to argue with you. I'll talk about anything else, but I'm not going to talk about that. Amen? Let's fight for peace in your home and in your heart and in your situation. Fight for that. Like we would fight for anything else. Amen? If I had a charge on my bank account, guess who's calling the bank right now? That don't belong to me. You better get it off. You have to fight with that same desire. Devil, you're not going to steal my home, my peace, my joy, whatever it is. Amen? All right. Father God, I thank you this morning for this incredible church. I thank you, God, that you are moving. You are positioning, you are awakening. Father God, this church in North Phoenix, Arizona, to be touched with the glory of the Lord. And we release your spirit, we release your joy, we say strife go. God, let us recognize that strife when it enters our hearts, and we're quickly going to shut it out. And we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. I, I know you all, and I know you all have Jesus, so I'm not going to say the prayer. I know you all know the Lord. If you need to get things right, just say, Lord, forgive me. Amen. But uh, let's get ready for a good season. It's a good season of the church coming. And Faith Builders is smacking the will of God of this thing. Amen. And I am so excited to be a part of it. So love you all, and you welcome Pastor Paul.